the Money, Mindset and Marketing Podcast. Welcome to the Money, Mindset and Marketing Podcast with myself, Alan Miles. And this week, I am joined by Robert Miller. Uh, Robert Miller is the owner, COO and CMO of Scalebold. I think I got that all correct, Rob. Did I get that right? Yes, sir. No, it's not bad. Straight off the top. Um, so how are you today? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me on, Alan. Good stuff. Um, so for those of my audience that that don't know you, um, give us a little bit of background on yourself. Um, what is it that you do at Scalebold? How did you get there? Um, and what's been your journey so far? Yeah, man, been a pretty interesting journey. Been in the marketing space for the past uh, about five, six years now, but I actually got started a little bit unorthodox. Now uh, everyone's talking about cryptocurrency and everyone's, you know, pumped up and super excited. But that's actually where I got started back in 2015, 2016. And uh, I had written an ebook, had done courses and all that kind of stuff. And so that's how I got started marketing and promoting myself was based off of, you know, getting people into the funnels and all that kind of stuff with that hot topic. And so that's how I got started. But then one thing led to another, the crypto market tanked and I went all in on marketing. And so flash forward now, been able to work with a lot of great companies and even influencers. I actually used to work with uh, Grant Cardone and worked on some of his marketing as well as an uh, agency he had at the time. And now I have my own agency and we are pumping out a lot of uh, campaigns for brands and the e-commerce space and entrepreneurs alike. Fantastic. So that's really interesting. I had no idea that you started in the, in the crypto space. That's a, that's a nice little uh, story. Before it even became super popular, you were at the, the front end of it. So, okay. So talk to me a little bit then about um, your journey inside of marketing, obviously working with Grant Cardone. Was this the time he was with Frank Kern? Yes, that is correct. Okay. That is- so like, that must have been a, an amazing opportunity to learn at a very rapid pace. Was it what was the environment like? So the environment, if I can set the landscape, I was actually doing everything remote. I was full-time in college and uh, between doing financial analysis for school and doing that for uh, marketing and for my profession, right? Uh, I was working around the clock, 5 a.m. to basically midnight every single day because I was working on the East Coast with them and then I was doing school in the evening. And so what I really learned though was just how to manage things at scale because prior, uh, after I did the whole cryptocurrency promotion with myself and the marketing that I was doing, uh, I had started a little agency. Uh, I say little because I didn't have a lot of team members or anything nearly the scale that they did. And um, so I knew the skill set. I was really great at media buying, Facebook ads, funnels. Like I knew the tactics on exactly what to do to get results, but didn't have a lot of volume of testing with higher ad spends and multiple six figures per month in budget and things like that. So when I worked with them um, very quickly within two months, not only did I have a lot of case studies, but then I became a marketing strategist and ended up managing multiple six figures a month in budget and even seven figures all while doing this in school, just from a laptop remotely. And um, so that's what really kind of expedited the growth and the, the path that I was already on, which is really cool. Yeah, I think that, that one thing that that shows, though, doesn't it? it shows a, a testament of character, because for some people being chucked that into that deep water that quickly, it would ultimately it, you kind of find what you're made of pretty quickly because some people will just simply crumble in those situations and others really rise to the challenge. So, um, yes, that's really interesting. So that then obviously led you to Scalebold. What is it and who is it that you serve with with Scalebold? Yeah, so we work with D2C e-commerce companies, so really Shopify brands uh, that are looking to scale to multiple seven and then go on eight figures per year through Facebook ads, Google ads, content, TikTok ads, 
uh, email and SMS. And the way that we've built all of that, um, for me seeing so many different offers and for me seeing so many different niches that we could serve, uh, e-commerce became very prominent, especially with 2020 and COVID. But that was always the subject and that was always like the niche that was really hard to crack because it involves brand. Uh, a lot of people don't think about the branding element of a business. They think it's just a logo or they think it's just, you know, the, the wrapping on the, the product or the box, et cetera. But there's, when, when you can tailor in direct response with brand, it works really, really well. And so we assembled our team and, you know, these guys are all rock stars. We've managed just over the past 18 months uh, about, about $10 million in ad spend. And we've generated over 48 now uh, just in the past uh, 18 months. And so our team is really great with direct response and blending those two. And so working with that type of clientele has really helped us again, kind of explode on a uh, partnership platforms like Facebook, Clavio, et cetera. Okay. Wow. That's interesting. So what would you say then? What makes a strong brand? What, what do people need? The strong brand, man, it needs a lot of different aspects. Uh, I kind of break it down into four parts and four pillars. Um, we have uh, different methods with how we look at uh, and, and uh, systems and how we look at like the actual business, right? But brand kind of bolts on to those. And so the four parts are really like the voice and the message. Everyone talks about the brand house and like, what's your mission? Like those are key. Those are just to help guide the ship where it's going. But when it comes to like the advertising and the direct response, it's really the customer journey uh, and the experience that you're giving them along that. So if you have a couple of different product lines, um, you know, the way that we kind of divvy that up is creating journeys for each of them and for different character narratives. And so having your brand go through that with the right content, with the right segmentation, and then to the extent that you have the content that meets them where they're at in the cycle, makes your marketing more efficient. And so you have the brand, the core pillars and the values, then you have the content that meets them where they're at, and then ultimately the messaging and how you interact with your customers. So those would be those four core pillars. And again, you can layer those in in a lot of different ways with campaigns and just how you communicate, but it is very important to give that experience to your customers. I think everyone listening just had their mind just exploded a little bit as you as you broke that down. So that, that's it's super interesting. And I think this is the thing I love about the podcast is having people on who don't just do well in a certain area, but they clearly love what they do and they really immerse themselves in it. And I think that comes across, I think in every interaction I've had with you, it's always been very clear how much you love this side of the business and how passionate you are about it and, and how much you've, you've dug into it. So Okay. One of the questions that I'm sure will be on the minds of a, a lot of people who listen to the podcast. So I, I, I'll be really honest, we promote an awful lot from my own business, a very organic route of doing things. So mm -hmm. ads are something that I actively throw rocks at a lot of the time. So people might wonder, why would I have an ad specialist on? I think ads definitely have a place, clearly, inside of a business. However, it, I think they're sometimes used at the wrong time they're used as a cheat code when they're not a cheat code there's clearly a lot that goes into successful ads and you need to have a, a decent budget otherwise it is literally like kicking bricks into the grand canyon um with your ten dollars a day type ad spend mm -hmm. um do you think that there's a big shift starting to happen with um online ads obviously tiktokers has really kicked off now with the ads. Do you think that's going to have a knock-on effect to Facebook, especially with YouTube seeming to gain traction? Or is it really just a case of just business as usual and there isn't going to be any change for a while? It's it's definitely changing. The landscape will always change where the attention is and how cheap traffic is, right? Um, you know, you can you, there's been ebbs and flows with even organic reach with LinkedIn over the past few years and now TikTok being very prominent. But what I look at is with different business owners 
what, what I find is that if they don't have the systems in place to be able to take in that traffic or take in, you know, the influx of leads or whatever the case is, that's really where the true issue lies because you can do one channel and you can do one sales process and you can do one, you know, offer and that can scale to seven figures. But, you know, the next level to that is how do I blend these two or blend all of the other platforms together and make it efficient? So uh, when you're doing TikTok, you're still going to be running Facebook ads. The ROAS on that might be 1.5 or 2. TikTok may just get you more awareness, but then Google might get you four. So blending all that together creates what's called your MER, your marketing efficiency ratio, or your media efficiency ratio with all the output that you're doing. And that blended together helps you go omni-channel. But in the beginning, one or two channels can get you to that seven-figure and even multi-seven-figure, depending on how hot your, your video is on TikTok or whatever. Um, and then it's really, okay, now obviously continue to do what works, but how can I really establish authority and systems around each of the channels that are needed? to be able to flip a switch on if, you know, TikTok goes down the next day or Facebook has another blackout with their ad accounts. Um, now you can tap into SMS because you own the traffic or you can tap into email or just throw up some TikTok videos and stuff. So it's just the way of having all of those as assets for you. One may be working right now for the next three months and the next one's going to be arbitrarily cheaper compared to the other ones. Okay. So is there a, a clear opportunity at this moment on a specific platform or is it a case of... Um, picking the one that aligns best with you that you that you feel you already have a good presence on maybe organically what what would be the best way for somebody to start if they were looking to start to move their business in, in that direction of using ads it's it's audience the asset is audience so uh, the more that you can cross pollinate the audiences the better so if you are on tiktok and let's say your you know product demographic is 35 plus well, you can start building the brand over there and that channel can specifically be brand. Uh, there will come, there will be conversions that come from it. But if you're focused on, uh, if you're focusing on TikTok as brand in that respect, while your older demographic may be searching on Google or on Facebook, that's where your paid media dollars can go. But it all correlates back to TikTok at some point because organic can even be used as paid ad content. Right. So yeah. there's that there's that multi-purposing of content there. But if you have a very, very young demographic that loves the dances and wants to trendy things and stuff like that, or you know, it's a squid game ad or something like that, <laughs> have that go on TikTok. And uh, that's gonna have more of a viral effect as long as you can create content that's native to that platform, then you can find success in it. That's interesting. So um what would be your three or five top tips to somebody starting uh, to run ads. So obviously we, we've got um, look at the audience side of things, but what would be specifically five key actionable steps somebody could do to start maybe their first ad campaign? Is there any idea from a budgetary perspective of what you would suggest mm -hmm. as a good starting point? Um, and what would be the key steps after that? Yeah. So if you have a, you know, associated budget with something, um, I would look at these, these four to five things. One is your offer. Is your offer actually going to stick? Because sometimes people think that all you need is just a higher budget, where again, we talked about making things more efficient. Sometimes the offer in and of itself just isn't sexy enough. So it's not serving you higher up in the in the auction in the bid in Facebook. Basically, you're competing against all other, other advertisers, right? So um, if you have a sexier offer or a way to position it that looks sexier, um, you know, one one offer that I see a lot in e-com with like face masks and stuff was instead of, you know, buy one, get one free or, you know, BOGO, you get buy one, get five free. Well, that's a sexier offer, same product cost, same unit economics, just a sexier offer, right? So you get more traffic, more clicks through it. So that's the first thing. How can you make your offer unique? And Alex Ramosi has actually a really great book on uh, creating those irresistible offers that 
make people actually stupid for saying no to them. It's a really, really good book. So that's the first thing that I look at. And the second thing is going to be the content. So if you know that you are not great at TikTok content, don't try and fake it. Either use, uh, you know, outsource it to Fiverr or work with an agency or work with someone that can help you develop that content. Or if it's just like your nephew or your niece and they get it, they're great at it, have them direct you and tell you what to do. Right. Um, you know, I tap into that sometimes. My nephews and nieces love TikTok. So it's really easy for, uh, for us to find that as well if we need it. Um, the third thing would be the messaging and the positioning. There's things that can be more direct response. And then there's things that could be a little bit more uh, brand. Right. If you're doing TikTok, you don't need to be as punchy in the copy, but you can do that in the video. Right. Depending on how the dance is or depending on what pointing at or how you're presenting the product. So those three first things all correlate to what the person sees. Okay. That's all front end. And that's like the part that grabs our attention. The back end for ads, you definitely want to have all of your traffic segmented. So in the audiences manager, you want to have each page that you have driven traffic to the home page, the bundle page, the product page. You want to have all of those segmented and have upsells on each of those pages. Okay. Not just post-purchase, but pre-purchase upsells. We have noticed that that has had a huge lift. And if you're on Shopify, there's an app called Turtle Upsell. I have no affiliation with them or anything. It's just something that we use. Um, And we have seen like an 8% conversion rate on that. And for one of our campaigns and added another 320 grand in revenue just by having that on the front end. And nothing changed on the website. Yeah, we were optimizing the pages and stuff like that as you normally would. But that one solution of a pre-purchase upsell along with everything else that we're doing uh, added another... uh, a third of a million dollars just in six months doing so. So that's one thing. And then the last thing is having it all attached to uh, SMS marketing. And the reason why you're segmenting prior and adding a pre-purchase upsell is so that when you have your SMS follow-up and your email follow-up going, it's more contextualized to where they're at. If it's a more of a blast of, hey, you forgot your, you know, you forgot your item in the car, get 10% off, here's the code. It doesn't convert or resonate as well um, as, hey, you left. Uh, I saw that you visited our acne kit page, and this is the blah, 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 blah that goes associated with it, right? And so if you can more contextualize some of those automated flows, you have a little bit more of a uh, of an engagement, which then actually yields a better click-through rate on the actual tactical email or SMS message. Why? You've basically given a mini masterclass in about five minutes. <laughs> 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 okay, so... Um, for if there's anyone listening to this right now who is interested in finding out more, they're at a place where they think, you know what, I am considering running ads, but I'm not sure I really want to do it myself or I want to get more advice. Where can people find you? Yeah. So people can find me in three places. One, scalable.io. That's my company's website. We actually have educational programs. We have done for you, you know, agency services of different tiers, depending on where you're at. So whether we have free resources or, you know, paid courses that you could take to learn this stuff a little bit more tactically, that's always a great place to go. I also post on my YouTube and my Instagram a lot. So that's just the Robert J Miller. And uh, that's where you guys can kind of find me, shoot me a messages and uh, just go through a lot of the content that I post there where I break down campaign costs or I break down offers or how to craft your own offer to help with some of the stuff that we talked about earlier. Awesome. Okay. And the final thing I always like to ask everyone is um, three books that you would recommend to people um, or audiobooks if, if you don't read much yourself, if you listen to audiobooks instead. What would be three great books that you think either gave you a great breakthrough or you know have given uh, some of your clients fantastic breakthroughs? 
Yeah. The books that have given me the best breakthroughs I've revisited multiple times, like mm -hmm. over and over and over because some of it is tactical, but you as a person evolve over time. And so some of the books that I've read when I was first starting out in entrepreneurship about mindset or about even how to view uh, building a business over time when revisiting now after building, you know, a 25 plus team uh, in our agency, like it just hits a lot differently. And so depending on where you're at, these can apply to where you're starting out or, you know, if you already have a company and you're just trying to get to the next level, you can't identify like those bottlenecks. The first one for me, it always starts with mindset, uh, beyond positive thinking by Robert B. Anthony. That book, uh, is not hoorah. That book has actually changed the way that I look at the physical self and how your limitations and how the thinking around the, the limiting thoughts that you have and give yourself as an experience as a human uh, are actually false. And it's an ego that you have been taught to believe in or think about. And I, I'm faith. I have faith. I'm a Christian and I believe in God and everything there, but that actually gives you like tacticals to guide you through it. It's mm -hmm. not just who raw and mindset. So that was a really good book for me. Uh, another good book that has uh, really transformed how we think about our leadership at our company has been good to great by Jim Collins. And that book has the cycles uh, show, are showing the leadership cycles of how to manage teams and what things to call out at certain points. And if you're off track, it also ca calls that out as well. And so being able to re-guide you along the lines of growth or re-guide you along the lines of where you want your executive team to be was great. But then the last book that I love, absolutely, absolutely love, it has to do with just mindset and has to do with just your goals and your life is a 10X rule by none other than Mr. Grant Cardone. <laughs> because you could always be performing at a bigger level. And that one is really just an umbrella under the tactical ones that I get. Yeah, I I, um, I was wondering if, if, a, if a GC book might come up. 10X Rule absolutely is an incredible book. It's one of those books for me that always sits on that, one of those top three or top five lists, just because it's so, um, it's so blunt with it, isn't it? It's a case of, and I think that's the thing that with grant in general it either rubs people up the wrong way if they take him the wrong way or if you just accept him for how it is there's some really fantastic tactical mindset stuff in there of just getting you to really level up life um and i agree i really like the fact that you address that that reading things or watching things and seeing things when you first start out you can definitely take things from them but then revisiting them at different milestones inside of the journey you you do take something completely different from it um at each part of uh, the journey. Um, honestly, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and one thing as well, like one thing that really helped me kind of go through those readings and those books prior is actually creating a, uh, our own library, like a digital version of your own library with your highlights and with your notes. So you can use something like notion or Evernote and take your highlights, whether it's from an ebook, you can integrate it automatically and it'll pull through those main talking points. So whenever you need to reference that book, you're going through a rut or you're just not having it. I actually use a, a notion board where it has all of the notes that I can take a look back at and have a quick either summary or review, or I know I'm struggling with X, Y, Z, and I need to reference that book. I just didn't know where exactly in the book it was. I mean, how often are we carrying the books with us, right? So if you digitize your notes and the learnings that you got, you can not only reflect on like how you've changed, but then also um, helps you just kind of do it on the go because I travel a lot. So yeah, no, I think that's a, that's a great, point is something that I, I sometimes bring up especially with stacking tasks I, I'll, I'll be honest 
um, I have a quite a busy life. I've got five children. When I get five minutes to sit down to even think about picking up a book, I fall asleep. So I listen to audiobooks a lot. So when you're doing like cardio or you're traveling, I, I spend my life just typing up notes as I'm listening to things, those thoughts. So that, like you say, you can go back and you can search on the keywords, find things. Helps with the content creation process as well, doesn't it? If you're trying to write content on a specific topic and you're trying to remember something that you heard a while ago, read a while ago. Um, yeah, there's some really great tips to take away from it. As always, if you're listening to this, hopefully you've been taking notes. I've taken an entire page of notes um, from this uh, pretty brief uh, conversation. And there's some real nuggets of wisdom in here. So if you have listened to this and you haven't taken notes, go back to the beginning, listen again, pick up a pen and paper or pick up your phone or pick up your laptop, take some notes. Uh, there are some really great actionable tips inside of this. Um, if you want to join the Money Mindset and Marketing Facebook page, please be sure to visit my website, alamiles.com. There's a link there to come and join the page. And we'll be breaking down this training along with some of our others in more depth. Uh, in the group. So please be sure to join there. If you are listening on uh, iTunes, please be sure to leave us a review uh, and a five-star review would be fantastic. Uh, Robert, honestly, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Um, you've given the audience and myself some really great points here. Um, and is there anything that you'd like to leave everyone with before we sign off? Yeah, thank you so much, Alan. And Leah, last thing I would say uh, to leave you guys off with is just like, it's, it's your mindset. Everything is out there. There's such an abundance of clients, such an abundance of money, such an abundance of love. And there's so much out there that you can go accomplish. And the only limiting factor is yourself. So look outside yourself and tap into who you truly are. Excellent. Thank you very much. Thanks again, Robert. And I will uh, see everyone else next week. Take care, guys. Bye-bye.